0: What's up, everybody? Welcome in. We're just uh, about a minute late here on the 60 feet, six inches regional live stream. So we know it's Memorial Day. So if anybody has a chance to check us out live on YouTube, we're here. If not, tell your friends. They can check us out on podcast. It'll be up later on tonight. But we made it. We're here. We're to the regionals. Right. It's finally uh, it's finally that time of year. SEC tournament's done. Uh, two, two losses and your season is over So as we all know, LSU got chosen as the host site And a top national 8 seed They came in at the number 5 seed They are paired with the Lexington Regional As Kentucky comes in at the 12 seed And just really quick before I introduce my guest And we get this sucker going um, Just want to remind you, y'all can find the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod on YouTube On all major audio platforms And it's on Twitter as well So finally we got regional baseball at the box again and let's welcome in the guests, and we're going to have one more guy joining us very shortly. But in the top corner, Alex Day. Alex has joined us on the pod before. Y'all may know him from the Weekend Rotation podcast, and they actually did their big regional show today. Alex, welcome in. How you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, Chris. Doing good. Postseason time. Today was you know Christmas. Got to unwrap some good presents this morning, some good stuff, and uh, excited for regionals next weekend.
0: That's it, man. It's 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 been a long season for a lot of us who watch a lot of college baseball. And for anybody that puts out content, I was telling my son the other day, I was like, man, I'm just I'm dragging right now. But I want to welcome in my second guest. Y'all know him. I call him Mr. LSU. He's into all things LSU. He's always tweeting about the Tigers. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. Steven Miller, how you doing, brother? Thank you for your time, man.
2: What's up, man? Yeah, hey, hey, it's uh great
0: three day week here. Man, can't Yeah, man, and uh, got two more guests joining. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you, man. Can't wait to get into it. Here we go. And then uh, next up from Spitting Seeds 247, county took in his first LSU game this year, and uh, I'll never forget the look on his face as he walked into Alec Box Stadium. But Matt is joining us as well. Matt, how you doing, brother? We got you on – I know it's a little late on that East Coast time zone, but how you doing, Matt? Thanks for joining us.
3: Doing well, doing well. Uh, Season starts next weekend, right?
0: That's right. That's, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. So can't wait to talk to MLSU Baseball. And then last but not least, y'all may know him from In Off the Bench Podcast. He probably has the best – I wouldn't even say Rolodex because nobody uses Rolodex anymore, Jim, but probably the best contact list in all of college baseball. This dude knows – I think everybody from the uh, SEC and the ACC. Y'all know him from the In Off the Bench Podcast, my man Jim Cross. Jim, how you doing, brother?
4: I'm doing good, and I think you're the best name and number in that in that roll of dice, brother so you're the man nah,
0: i appreciate it man check is in the mail check is in the mail i don't know i've seen the list of some of the guys you hang out with and some of those texts you get so but uh, they don't they don't drop stats like you do brother <laughs> i don't know we're getting ready to drop some stats here so listen i got jackson on the back who's running this thing so send in your questions your comments we'll get to them in time and look This is just going to be a free-for-all, right, with the live stream. These guys know a ton about LSU, know a ton about college baseball, just in general. And um, we're going to break this regional down, and this sucker's just going to ping-pong back and forth, hopefully a lot of conversation. And at the end, look, we're on a little bit of a – I appreciate these guys' time, but we're on some time constraints, right? I don't want to keep these guys longer than an hour. I don't want anybody's significant other getting mad at me. And, uh, you know, it's been a long weekend, so we're going to get this going right here. So – and I'll just ping pong it back and forth with these guys. All right, guys, LSU comes into the regional. They are 43 and 15, 19 and 10 in the SEC. That's where they finished up. They went 1 and 2 in the SEC tournament. You know, when you look back, LSU finished their last 14 games. They were 7 and 7. And a little bit of a slide started with that Auburn series. They dropped that one, and they dropped the state one, which I thought was kind of a not a killer, but it really kind of hurt right there. So, Alex, we're just going to start with you and just kind of go around the horn. Um. You know, how do you feel about LSU coming into the regional? They secured the top eight national seed, which is really not a surprise to any of us on the broadcast. But how do you feel like they're playing at this at this time of year with those teams that we're going to get into a little bit later coming into the box?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it was kind of disappointing, you know, the way uh, the way Hoover went, although not totally unexpected. It's not, you know, that's it's not necessarily uh, – Hoover's not necessarily an indication of postseason success, right? There's been plenty of years where – LSU's won it and then gotten bounced out early uh, from the NCAA tournament in plenty of years where we, you know, gone 0-2 and then made a deep run. So you can't take too much away from Hoover, but I think the biggest takeaway was uh, the pitching staff. Pitching staff, you know, played really well. Um, you know, the offense kind of went quiet a little bit, but, you know, it's a big ballpark. So. Uh, but I think they're in a good spot heading into the regionals.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Steven. You know, we talked a lot about it, but the pitching staff, but just when you, when you look at the SEC tournament, kind of how they come in, I don't – I definitely don't think they're limping. But, um, you know, what do you think their mindset is heading into the regional with uh, some of the teams they have coming in? You know, they shake off the SEC tournament, or you think there are any lingering doubts for those guys?
2: Man, I, man, I think it may be a blessing in disguise to just get out of Hoover early. I mean, you, you get over there and, and you win one game, and uh, – you don't have to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is, is, is going deep in your pen and stuff. I mean, it, it, it could be a big blessing disguised disguise is just to get back home. And it's, it's like I heard a few guys say, I mean, you can get back home. You can get in your bed. You can get around your friends and your family and just be comfortable and just have a good six, seven days off break. And uh, it's just reset your mind. And now it's the real season. I mean, we spent the full season alone. And we had some ups and we had some downs and we had some rural highs. And back in the back end, we had some lows, but, but man, man, this team is good. We we all know they're good, and we all know where their potential is. It just needs to click. I mean, we started where we were kind of shaky on the pin, and now they're stepping up the game. So, man, I look forward to it. I look forward to it.
0: No doubt. And, Matt, you know, um, obviously we both pitched. You know, did you see enough in terms of, you know, they, it just seemed like, And Jim's going to provide some really good perspective since he was there. But, Matt, did you see enough from, you know, they lose that series at Auburn, no big deal. Then they lose that series to State, giving up those two leads. And they have a chance to sweep Georgia. And they don't really come out on fire on Sunday. And they kind of just never could pull even. Played great against South Carolina. Not bad against Arkansas and A&M. Not enough to get over the hump. But did you see enough, Matt, or did you see some certain things in the SEC tournament that makes you uh, feel a little bit better about how these boys are playing right now?
3: Team's good enough to win. I mean, at the end of the day, period. The problem I think they had at times was not seeing it themselves, whether it was offensively or pitching most of the year is kind of where, I mean, that's kind of been the Achilles heel all year of LSU outside of Skeens. Floyd's kind of picked it up here at the end, which has been great. We've all loved seeing that. Thatcher you heard showing up is huge. I think I said it earlier, like when the tournament was, was this was an opportunity to see maybe some guys that you're going to need at the end of the year. Um, Thatcher Hurd showed up. Uh, Floyd, a, another good outing. Skeens didn't have a great outing, but I'll take a not great outing in the SEC tournament if it means he's back to Skeens the rest of the year.
0: No doubt. No doubt. And Jim, you were there uh, Thursday and Friday, I believe. So obviously, you know a lot of the parents, you know a lot of players personally, and obviously, you're, you kind of hung out with them. And you, you know, what was the vibe for those guys? After, I thought South Carolina was probably one of the more complete games right? So what was your takeaway being there and seeing those guys drop a tough one to Arkansas and then the one to A&M and they're heading home, you know, just maybe give us a little insight to that. Just, just kind of, um, you know, you know, these guys, you talk to them, right? You've interviewed everybody in the SEC. It feels like, you know, what what was your takeaway leaving Hoover?
4: No, their vibe was good. And I think it was to, uh, you know, some of these guys have made the point about the pitching, right? Because, um, ultimately, in Hoover, it was it was the you know guys left on base runners in scoring position. You know we talked about that last game, for instance, three for twenty. But you know you go to that first game with Riley Cooper and you and and we talked about that. You heard in Ackenhausen, there are guys. This we needed to see that way more than hitting because we know at the end of the day we can hit. And when you get the vibe and you talk to the dads and um, the families. That they play, they, their biggest concern has been our biggest concern. What will these arms do? What will we do outside of Paul Skeen's? You, Ty Floyd has another great outing. It's three in a row. Um, and then these guys that we're seeing, you know, step up, you know, especially I love seeing the Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper is somebody who, man, is, you know, sometimes you feel really good, sometimes you don't. And so to see him come out and just dominate the way he did, see Big Nate do what he did, I think everybody's feeling good, and it's it's weird to say that, but you know, people take Hoover for what it is. None of none of the people were upset uh, after the game. No one was, you know, disappointed or whatever. It's like, all right, now it's on to regional. I thought Alex brought up the point that if we would have went deep into that, it would actually, or maybe it was Steven. I don't know. Anyway, it, it would
0: have been troublesome
4: if we would have went through all the arms that we have. It would have been it would have been really troublesome coming in this weekend. We'd have been fatigued.
0: Yeah, no, and I think I think you saw. Um, Jay kind of realized that not that he was playing to lose, but I think he saw where he's like, well, you know, if we do lose, do lose this game, I need to get Coleman in there. I need to get Gidry in there. I need to make sure these guys um, throw in a game environment because that's much better from my personal opinion, as opposed to throwing some type of simulated bullpen Tuesday or Wednesday against hitters.
4: Hey, and I, and I got to say something, Chris, that, that doesn't talk about what we're going to get into, but it speaks to LSU. I mean, you're an LSU podcast You know, they broke the numbers for Hoover. And being that I went to seven games in total, the LSU crowd is responsible for that, period. Um, The LSU faithful showed out. The the record, the highest game there was an LSU game. All the LSU games, even Arkansas, who I've known to be a very well-traveled crowd. Even that (laughs) LSU-Arkansas game, it was three-fourths LSU just stacked. And so, shout out to Purple and Gold for, for showing up and supporting this team.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you can see on the TV broadcast that early morning game was uh, maybe not packed, but there was a ton of purple and gold. So one more question, and then we're going to start breaking down the regional and just in terms of the draw. Happy, excited, pleased, shocked, all that different things. But I want to talk about the lineup because you saw Jay kind of experiment with the lineup a little bit. And um, Stephen, we'll go with you first. And you saw Pearson kind of come back into the lineup. But then on the last day you saw Kling and Jones came in, and I have my theories on that. I think he just wanted to get some in bats and some game time. But do you think in the regional – I know Jay likes the righty-lefty thing. I get that. Do you think he solidifies the lineup in the regional? And is there one lineup in particular that you'd really like to see him run out there for the next couple games? And I'm just going to oh, ask sure. the same question to the panel. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Sure, I'd love to see that something that was so- – so, similar to the day, uh, I think it was the Arkansas game. No, no, the South Carolina game. On, uh just When we had Pearson at the top. I mean, really been thinking this along. It's like down the stretch. If he can get some more at-bats and just get comfortable and just know that he's going to play every single day, I, I know that we can get so so much more out of him. And in the last five to six weeks, it's pretty been telling for a lot of guys that have been kind of struggling. So, I – so I'd be willing to bet that that the lineup that, that we see fr- uh Friday is probably gonna be real similar to what we see on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Maybe a little change with, with the uh catching stuff with schemes and stuff, his personal guy, but but for the most part, I think we're gonna see the same seven to eight guys in the lineup.
0: Yeah, Alex, Alex, do you think we know Jay likes to to you know, mix and match through the righty-lefty thing. But do you think right now he's just going to roll with the hot guys and and the lefty-lefty matchups be damned, especially with the way Travinsky has moved in because he's going to catch. He seems like he's Ty Floyd's personal catcher, and if he's not catching, he's got a DH. So, Alex, do you think he rolls with uh, a guy, you know, kind of goes offense-defense in a sense? You know, what do you think he's going to do with the lineup, I guess? That's really my basic question, you know. Would you like to see him stick with certain guys?
1: Well, I mean, you can't take Travinsky out of the lineup. He is the hottest hitter on this team. And I mean, him and Morgan, I mean, pretty much carried this offense through Hoover. Um, You know, Dylan Cruz had, uh, you know, one home run, but that was, you know, that was kind of all you saw from him. And, um, you know, Tommy White was hurt or rest day or, you know, day to day, whatever, you know, whatever it was Jay said, um, you know, for that. But, you know, he's going to be rested. So you certainly (laughs) want to see all those guys, um, you know, I think, like Steven said, you know the, the lineup we saw at South Carolina uh, against South Carolina and Hoover. I think that's what uh, what I would like to see a stick with. I think I, I liked Cruz in the leadoff spot there.
0: Yeah. All right, Matt. Before we get to Jim, all right, Matt. So if I told you the lineup uh, against Tulane was Pearson leading off, then Cruz, let's go uh, White and Morgan. So Cruz, Pearson's in the left right? Morgan's back at first. And then the, the, the tricky thing, I think, with the lineup is, what are you going to do with Travinsky? Then, unfortunately, they may bounce below. So if you if you start Pearson, you know? I think LSU catches a break because they don't have to play Nichols, you know, a team that runs and bunts a lot. They got Tulane, right? But, Matt, would you like to see Pearson kind of stay in there and possibly move Trey to first? Do you still mix and match, you know, with some different things in terms of the lineup?
3: I I think that we all agree, and we all agreed early that Trey's been fun to watch in left field, but if we want to win a championship, he needs to be at first base. Um, put Pearson, Pearson in the outfield. I like him leading off. Um, I think we talked about it. I also, I like Tommy batting third for the same reason that you argue that Dylan should be batting third. That we don't want the opportunity of him not be, being able to bat until the second inning. I'm a, as a kind of a betting man. I would bet that if Pearson, Trey, Tommy went there's a good chance that Dylan's going to bat in that first inning. Hardly they're going to go three up, three down. So I like Dylan to bat fourth because right now I think he's pressing. If there's an opportunity for guys to be in front of him and then you have to pitch to him, I think that his aggressiveness where he can attack early on pitches that he can handle I think is where we see success, especially early because we're going to need it. There's been times where we needed it early to win games.
0: All right, Jim. So I've been in the anti-Cruz leadoff category in that fan club and then i did the i did the numbers limited sample size five games that cruz has been lead off and i felt like it got thrown to my face today cruz is seven for 22 that's 318 only three rbis one home run but he does have seven strikeouts and two walks in the leadoff spot and why i don't want him there because i i told matt pitcher to pitcher like i don't feel like his outs are productive and it feels like he's more aggressive in the leadoff spot almost like he feels like he has to make something happen and I always want his outs to be productive, whether it's a sack fly, moving somebody over. So, you know, I know you. we all love the Creole Bambino, but he could potentially be a victim if Pearson moves into left. So what are you thinking about this lineup, Jim, as we move into the regional time?
4: Surprisingly, I still got Beloso in the lineup with Pearson in the lineup, and I got Pearson leadoff. Um, I agree with you. So, right, the, the cruise numbers go, but to your point on pressing, it's the strikeouts that give that evidence, right, <laughs> whether, whether it was – you know, the final series against Bama or whether it was in the SEC tournament, he he's he's striking out well more than he has the entire season, which I think solidifies your statement about he's pressing, right? So um and then y'all have all made it a point that you really feel well with White behind him. So I have Pearson then Cruz and White then Morgan. So I had the same four you did, but I still got then Travinsky in the five hole. I still got Beloso in the DH right there. My question would be and he's my favorite player, so this is where you know that I'm not being biased anyway. Braden Joe Berry is my favorite player. You cannot ignore the lefty lefty stats, and so if there is a stud lefty on the mound, he to me he can't be in the lineup. Um, that that's that's where, and you can even make that argument for Bloso, right? The problem yeah. is the the problem is the way we you know we you know how I am. I try not to talk about about anyway, Jones has struggled. Let's just call it what it is, and Kling has struggled, so. To, to me, I'm going with Veloso because he's a veteran. I'm going with Joe Bear because he's a veteran. But it's it's really tricky if you get a stud lefty out there. As far as the catcher thing, I wanted to speak on it. You said that Travinsky seems to be Floyd's catcher. Actually, the preference is Malazzo. It, it really shows. I've, I've had the discussion with both of them. Um, as a matter of fact, all of them's preference is Malazzo. It really speaks to you can't take Travinsky out of the lineup Yeah, and, and what he brings to the table. Um is just a professional. He's that dude. Um, and so um, it really sucks that for him that Travinsky's killing the ball. It doesn't <laughs> suck for LSU fans, obviously. But right. that, that, that's his spot. It's going to be – and I think the DH, um, you know, you look at Blossom, he's coming off four for five game. Like, it's just – I think it's his. But the one that's – the the really dicey one is, is the Joe Bear numbers really stick out bad to me. But I would absolutely start Pearson in left field. And, and the funny note was, you know, sports center number two play was Morgan, right? But what we all know, right, that would have been routine for Pearson. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to ignore the fact that he got rewarded for taking a bad route and kind of tripping over his own feet, right? But he did make another jump, a uh, uh, leaping catch, you know, towards the wall. So, I mean, Morgan can play it. But just give me Pearson where I feel safe and secure and give me the best first defensive first baseman in the country at first base.
0: Yeah, I think – in my opinion, I think – now that you don't have Nichols, Tulane is just a different animal, right? They have two guys on their team that steal bases, and that's it. I think you're I think you going to see – we'll get into the pitching matchups, but I think Malazzo definitely catches Skeens. He's caught Skeens all year. So if Skeens goes game two. We're going to get into that. The pitching thing is going to be a hot topic. That's something to where you got a D.H. Trevinsky, Beloso. I don't know. It's interesting. you got three guys that are kind of vying for one spot there. I and mean, I think the catcher, whoever's catching, has a lot to say in that. But – all right, let's get into the regional. I'm sure everybody's tired of us talking about all that other stuff. All right, the regional. Here's the graphic up on the screen. LSU is the five seed as they bring in Tulane. I thought LSU caught a major break with Tulane coming in as those guys are 19 and 40, and they won the AAC tournament to get in there as they beat, um, I think ECU, yeah, beat ECU to get in there. The two seed is Oregon State, who finished second in the Pac-12 this year. Then you have Sam Houston, which is interesting because. LSU beat Sam Houston earlier in the year, but in doing some research, Sam Houston finished second in the WAC. But it, I wonder if they would have made it had they not won the tournament, you know, just because of some of their numbers and maybe Grand Canyon, I don't know. I'm not a big RPI guy. But, um, Alex, we'll start off with you, and then we'll come to uh, Matt next. Happy, shocked, pleased on the regional, regional draw. We knew last night that LSU was going to be a host site. Everybody figured four to six range. But, uh, Alex, your take on that draw?
1: I think it's a pretty favorable draw. I mean, as, as good as you could ask for. I mean, there were some schools, even higher-seeded than LSU, that got absolutely shafted uh, yeah. in their regionals, uh, namely, like, Wake Forest. I mean, getting Maryland as a two-seed and, you know, the number one seed. Oh, man, that was rough.
4: I actually I actually think, Alex, and we're going <laughs> to get into all that later, I think that because uh, Chris talks about what we get to do on our show, all three Wake Forest guests have a real beef with Maryland and going to College Park last year. I think the committee's well aware of that. I think they're giving, <laughs> I think they're giving Wake a chance for some get back. Really?
1: Well, maybe so. just you know, look just looking at it, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it draw. that looks like a tough draw, but uh, but yeah, LSU's draw is is pretty favorable. Um, once T once Tulane won the AAC, I was pretty confident we were going to see Tulane and not Nichols. They were going to send Nichols elsewhere. Um and then Oregon State's interesting. I mean, you know, there's there's some history there between LSU, Oregon State. You think about 2017, 2018. Um, I was talking with some people on Twitter earlier, saying that this is kind of like the 2018 Corvallis Regional, except in reverse. LSU comes in with all the star power. Oregon State comes in scuffling a little bit. You know, so I think it's an interesting storyline.
0: Matt, what was your take when you saw the draw? Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see it this morning, but uh, when you saw. Oregon State and then Sam Houston, you know, a lot of people have talked about maybe DBU coming here or even North Carolina projections are all over the place, right? Nobody really knows. But, Matt, what was your take when you saw the draw come out?
3: Well, I, I agree with Alex. I mean, it's pretty favorable. I think there's going to be some uh, some pretty direct flights from Oregon to uh, Baton Rouge here soon, right? I mean, at this point, especially <laughs> in the spring. Um, the, the bigger thing I thought was the matchup at, at the super regional level because – you know, there was eight host sites for SEC, and then you knew there was going to be other SEC teams in there, and then where were they going to match up? Were they going to try and shrink that field down as the tournament went on? And I think that was the big thing I saw was not only was our regional pretty favorable for us, but the matchup with Kentucky, it was kind of like, are we really going to see Kentucky out of that regional?
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that towards the end of the show. Stephen. when you saw that draw, I know I tweeted out, as soon as I saw Nichols to Alabama, I think that was one of the first First game slapped up on the screen. I yep. knew automatically Tulane was coming. Yeah. And look, I think LSU could beat Nichols, but I was still concerned that team from 380, bro, down the bayou, man. They had some success against LSU. Obviously, they beat them. But when you saw the draw, happy, shock, sad, surprised, or like, you know what? That's fair. Let's go get it.
2: That was relieved, man. I especially late last night, a whole bunch of uh accounts was spitting out this projection, that projection. Definitely didn't want to see uh North Carolina here and uh definitely didn't want to see uh I think I saw where they had
4: uh who was the other
2: team?
0: Like DBU was another team yeah, they were yeah. throwing out there. DB,
4: DBU is the one I didn't want. I'm so glad it didn't happen. Texas Tech saw another uh another
2: one, but I was like, man, I was like so I was I was shocked actually. And then I started to digging into it and I was like, Well, I was like Zorgan State, I was like, Oh man, we got we gotta face them again, but then I Dug into it, I was like, "Well, I was like, it's not the Oregon State that they were about four or five years ago, for sure. That they've fallen off some, but they're still probably going to be crafty, is is just like they always are."
0: Yeah, I mean that, that program. Football. Yeah, I mean they have a history of success, right? I mean they know how to win over there. They know what's expected of them, and and the Pac-10, the pack 12 this year was, um, it was everybody kind of what and what, you know, it, it never right. Every weekend was just kind of you really know who didn't know who was going to show up, Jim. I know you thought LSU was going to be a six seed. You kind of dug into the RPIs, and you were really laying out some different th- things as, term- as far as the bracket was going. When you saw LSU was the five seed, um, I didn't. I didn't have Clemson as a four seed. So when you saw that bracket come out, what what did you think about it? You know, I think you did a lot more research than I did in terms of kind of laying out your field right there. So what'd you think?
4: Yeah. Now, um, so the committee clearly. Um, said that hoover doesn't matter for those who wanted to know because vandy per the resume was so close to lsu that going and winning the SCC tournament should have put vandy over lsu um yeah. so but i have no problem with it as you as i told you boys and then when you look at this layout and the thing was i had studied oregon state not knowing that they were coming to us for a while because i was trying on that whole regional thing trying to give an argument before they they got knocked out early of their own tournament to give a case that if they won that tournament, they could be a regional host site because you needed an upper Northwest team. There were 37 in the RPI. Their strength of schedule is terrible. The Pac-12 was just not that good. And so I was already familiar with Oregon State just not being a great team. They're not a bad team. But when that's your number two seed, LSU really got hooked up, in my opinion, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, you know, you. I don't want to get too ahead because you had said it to Steven when you looked at the the matchup with K- the Kentucky possibly or that region down the line. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, look, you you. This is a revenue driven sport just like any other one. Um, I it's they they want Paul Skeens, Tommy White, and Dylan Cruz in Omaha. But when I look at how this thing's <laughs> laid out, um, they did us a solid. You still got to win games, and anybody can beat you. So nothing's to give me. But like to Alex's point, when you look at some of these other regions, we we really got hooked up.
0: Yeah, would you say, Alex? I think you texted me yeah. before you came on, or you texted all of us on the group chat. What Tulane is the worst team ever to get into a regional? Is that right?
1: Yeah, they have they have the worst record of any team ever to make an NCAA
4: tournament. And, yeah, and he, I thought it I thought it was great I, at first, Chris. Yeah, I thought it was great at first when they did it. But then it's it's that point where they show you the first four out, right? And they showed the resumes of the four teams that got left out, and it's like. Damn, man, all those were quality teams that deserve to play baseball, and Tulane is that team that took it from one of them, and and you hate it. Like, I mean, Tulane did with You won your conference tournament, I get it, but you hate (laughs) that a team that won 19 games just stole it from a team that was really deserving of being in this tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, they get on a heater at the end, right? They had to come through the loser's bracket. They had to win four games in a row, and they put up kind of stealing the thunder a little bit uh, on the preview podcast that I released, but they scored like uh, 10, 11, 8, 11, 8. Four games in a row. So uh I mean they they're they're on a hot streak in terms of swinging it, you know their pitching is, is a different story. But all right, uh Matt, we'll go with you. It's crazy. go ahead, go ahead. No.
2: No, so I was gonna say I was looking at their uh schedule and I was trying to see is like down the last stretch, is like is like when the the, the, the light switch flip like flipped on, but it really didn't, like the last <laughs> month of the season, they won four games total. And then one week of the, the playoff or the tournament, they won four
4: games in one in one week. It's just wild. Y- y'all know Memphis is – University of Memphis is rock throwing distance. That's where my wife goes down the street. They worked over Tulane, and their team is not even, you know, close to yeah. in the tournament. So, I was very familiar with how bad Tulane was.
0: Yeah, and, and LSU obviously beat him in the midweek it's this year. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Those guys will have a lot of pride, obviously, and a lot to play for – play for, excuse me – all right, Alex, this was debated on Twitter. This is maybe a shot out of the dark. I had some uh, discussions with people on Twitter. I just want to get y'all's take on it. LSU chose to play the 2 o'clock game on Friday. They could play the 2 o'clock game, or they could play the night game. I know why they chose to play the 2 o'clock game, but I'm just curious with my guests. They watch a ton of college baseball. Would you have chose the 2, or would you have chose the 7? I just got, I got to know. Got to know.
1: I mean, as the fan, I would want the seven o'clock game, but you know, I I get Jay. I mean, Jay's never gonna pick the late game. That's just not it's not what Jay's gonna do. He's he's shown us that time and time again this season. I mean, you think about the opening weekend, right? Opening weekend he moves the game up, you know, to like noon or you know, from from a nice. night game. I mean yeah. That's 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 what Jay's gonna do if he has that opportunity. He's gonna take the early game, and so just you know, it's a little disappointing because you don't get you know Saturday night in the box, you know, for Friday night in the box. Uh, but you know, the other two games, assuming that we uh, land in that winners bracket, they'll be night games.
0: Yeah, Jim, I'll go to you now. What if I said, look, I I understand you want the rest and the weather. Everybody's gonna talk about the weather potential for rain and Steven before we got in here, shot us the old weather report. But what if I could say, <laughs> look, Jim, I want to play checker. I want to play chess and not checker. So I'm going to make Oregon State play in 95, 90 degree weather and their equilibrium's all thrown off. And I'm going to make them play the early game and their body clock's not used to this time zone. Right. And if they lose, they got to play the early game again in the heat again. Now they get more time to recover, but I want those dudes sweating it out and being miserable. Does that matter to a coach or he's going to be like, oh, I'm just going to, I just want my guys to rest? What do you think?
4: No, that's absolutely the route out of win. That's why I shook my head as soon as you brought it up. Like instead, our boys are gonna be out there, dude. I get hot just watching. These boys are coming. <laughs> like I'm saying, like me and Steven, we hey, we heavy, bro. Like we, we look, okay, as fans, we don't even want to watch at two o'clock. Okay. So no, yeah. they they absolutely should have put them boys out in the heat. That Baton Rouge heat this time of year is no joke. Um, and, and went that route, but you know. I, I've questioned Jay on so many things. And at the end of the day, Jay gets paid a lot of money to do what he does and I don't get paid anything. And I'm not. a. (laughs) So, I mean, I can only question and say that he does things wrong so much. Like I'm going to roll with him. This is, this is the route he wanted. He chose up for a certain reason, but yeah, I would Oregon state. I mean, to your point, it would have been a noon game to them. Yeah. And it's going to be, on a guess without looking at the th- – I know Steven said the thing, but I didn't I didn't look at what the heat was. I just saw the rain percentage. It's going to be That's about crazy.
0: 90. Yeah. It's going to be hot, bro. It's going to be the, humid. The
4: first <laughs> thing I wanted to look at was the rain percentage. I wouldn't – but, yeah, it's going to be in the 90s. It's going to be hot. Like, I would have made them – I would have absolutely made them feel it.
0: Matt, obviously, I know you pitched in college and stuff. What if I'm like, hey, Matt, you got the ball, but you got to pitch in, like, 95, we're like, coach, bro, you're killing me, man. Come on now. I mean, Thatcher Heard, the West Coast dude. I know he's been down here, but uh what you think, Matt? Does it matter or not? College kids, who cares? It doesn't. They'll be fine. I mean, does the, does the time of game matter, Matt?
3: Well, I was gonna say I, I I know you guys weren't leaving this out, but I think the biggest thing is Jay's not making these decisions without probably talking to the team. Like, hey, do y'all want to play at two or do you want to play at seven? And I I have to imagine they probably want to get this game over with, get it done. Let's get back to the house and relax. At this point, I mean, that stuff mattered. But you can remember, I mean, if you're used to something already, I mean, just roll with it. The one team that isn't going to be is Oregon State. Take advantage of it because even if it's a night game, I was there in March for the Tennessee game. It was hot. It was it muggy. Was I can't imagine what it's gonna be in come <laughs> June. It's gonna be it's gonna be muggy. So let them get that that thick where your jerseys, you know, wet and heavy. That that's the kind of game that you get get them worn out on. I'll,
4: I'll say this, Matt, for the fans that maybe, you know, were more casuals and they're jumping in and they want to be a part of the the, the powerhouse, right? Hey, hydrate your ass off. Cause I've been to regionals around this time of year. It's hot. Yeah.
0: Steven, what you I guess Steven, you know, just kind of hit me that maybe Jay is playing chess, right? He's like, look, those dudes are gonna battle out at night. And whoever loses got to go home, and um, I don't know if the I look the schedule hadn't been released yet in terms of times. I would imagine that Saturday game is probably gonna be at like eleven or one. So it's like they're gonna that. they're gonna battle it out. Then those suckers got to get up and play in that heat. So maybe he is playing chess. I don't know what you think.
1: Saturday game's at two. It, it's at two. two. They already put it out there.
0: Yeah. Ooh.
2: That's a quick so the big concern is, is 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 with us fans is trying to get to the game on Friday. They <laughs> don't the care about and- that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that hey, I, I mean lot a lot, lot of that it goes into the gripes, but hey, I it's mean it's three o'clock Eastern.
4: That's actually <laughs> Chris. You t- you talk about my relationships. Uh like that's actually a real problem that I wasn't even thinking about until Steven just brought up. There have been numerous times, man, when we've just had a Friday night six o'clock game, the regular. And dads are running in, like in the first inning, try, trying trying yeah. to get there from work to see this point. Just because their kid plays college baseball, don't mean they can take off work. It don't just the world don't just stop for all that, right? No, Stephen's actually right. right. There, there's going to be some families that are probably going to have to use their vacation days sure. or beg their boss or whatever favors they got to be able to get to the game.
0: No doubt, they got dudes developing a cough right now, just ready to plan for that sucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. all right, Me, like, Alex, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just, just going to joke about it. Yeah, I got this call. That I think it's going to start about Thursday, but I need to take off on Friday. <laughs>
0: That's just it. to make sure. <laughs> All right, Alex, yeah. this has been already debated on Twitter. It's going to become a hot topic around Baton Rouge. You got Tulane. Then you got the money game. You win that money game, somebody's got to beat you twice. Who are you, Alex Day, who are you starting game one of this regional?
1: Stature heard. I mean, it's got to be. If it was going to be Nichols – if it was gonna be Nichols, I would throw Ty Floyd in
0: game one. Really, really? Why is that? Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. But just you feel you, Well,
1: just because I, I I think like <clears throat> you got to win that game, and I just I trust Ty a little bit more than I thought. than okay, you know, you know Ty's seven and zero. Ty's got you know a little bit more experience than Thatcher does. You know, but Tulane's a team. I'm you know nineteen and forty. You know that's a team that Thatcher hurt <laughs> should easily go out and dominate. Midweek game, yeah. Exactly, midweek game.
0: Steven, you going with Hurd? Are you looking uh, – what if I said you start Javon Coleman? and you him four innings and maybe LSU's up five to nothing and then you go to somebody else? You take that chance or you go with Hurd or somebody else?
2: No, I'm going with the proven – the commodity here. I'm going to roll out Hurd, get about four or five in us, and then turn it over and hopefully by then the, the lead's big enough to where we don't matter. But – Eventually this hot streak farm has got the end. I mean, the law of averages is, is got to uh kick in because I mean 19 and 40 and, and they won four four in a row just last week. There's no way that can just, just stay hot. But <laughs> so I got third uh Thatcher herd, no doubt. No doubt.
0: Matt, are you sticking on the Herd bandwagon or um I mean I know you're not throwing skeins, are you you're throwing skeins against Tulane or what? Herd? Would you take a chance on Coleman now that no, you got Matt. Tulane? I
3: actually go Floyd, and there's there's a reason why. The reason why is the, last, the last two outings have blown up on him, not because of his fault, but they've happened to him, and it's almost to the point where he could be like a guy It's like, what else do I have to do to win a ball game when I've pitched well? I'd like to see him get a good outing because we're going to need him come Super Regional time. we got to make it out of regionals. I obviously understand that, but let him get game one and then we can do with whatever we want. I understand Thatcher Heard, but 19 and 40 is 19 and 40. So you're going with, you're going with Floyd then, or no? hmm I want Floyd. Floyd.
0: So you trust – wow, after Floyd's last couple outings, you'd rather assume assuming LSU was the first two. Okay, okay. Interesting. Jim, who you got? You got Heard, Floyd, Skeen, Coleman, Blake Money? I was – I was <laughs> – I was looking at these stats. I ain't going to lie. Matt had
4: my wheels turning simply because Ty Floyd's been phenomenal, and so the immediate thought would be who you wouldn't. But I'm looking at Thatcher, and he went five innings, obviously gave up only two against Georgia with five Ks, and then five and a third against South Carolina, gave up three with four Ks. Um, And he's been good enough to where I feel like his confidence is there that maybe he's a guy you don't want to throw in that first game, and Ty it maybe give her – or give him a, a chance to continue to build that confidence. So Matt got me got me thinking, but I still think the play is is Thatcher heard. And 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 based on those stat lines I gave you, I mean, Thatcher's feeling himself right now. You get him out there, and if he goes out there and throws another performance like he did the last two, I think going forward, I mean, you've got the guy that we wanted <clears throat> from the start of the season.
0: Yeah, Matt, Matt, you got me thinking a little bit, yeah. but um Yeah, yeah Matt, you got you, you got my wheels
3: turning. Matt, that's I, a- I, it's a boring I will, show if it's uh, unanimous.
0: I will, I, will say, I will say if LSU can win game one and then game of Skeens does what he's capable of doing against either one of these teams, then the guy I trust in game three would be more Floyd than Hurd just because of what Ty has done. And it, it, you look at the stats from his last four or five outings. If he can – it's not a big if anymore. I really trust him lately. But if he can get through that first time through the order, he settles in really, really good. I just feel like that's a lot. But you, I don't If know. you like, look, that's... if
4: you look statistically, Chris, you would think that the bullpen hates Ty because these games that he's doing phenomenal is when we get <laughs> when we get lit up. We're like, all right, we're gonna screw Ty out of a dub because they've done it the last three times he's came out there and done great. So it's, it's, it's road actually road. pretty funny, yeah. So it's like, oh, we ain't giving Ty the dub. So I don't know what Ty did in the locker room, but like they're like, we, you know, we screw this
0: one. I don't know. I just I feel like if you if you throw Floyd against Tulane. And Jay has not shown any type of um, ability, or, or uh, like he wants to throw tie four or five, and then bring him back again on a Sunday potentially to yeah. close the game out. I mean, I just feel like no, if, Hurd can, if Hurd can Heard can go five, if Hurd can go five, then I just want to blow tie in that game three to try to get LSU to Omaha, and I would just trust him more in that situation. Because then, if you got another. I don't know. I just uh I don't Chris know. to
4: be specific, I would go I'm looking back at it, you know, and obviously it was there, but like that South Carolina game, I'd go that exact same way, you know, I would go herd to Akenhausen. Like I would try to run that same recipe and see if I can get it again, especially against a two-lane team that you should be able to.
0: Alex, what do you think? I know we've been on this topic a minute, but everybody's gonna it's gonna be a, a topic of debate. So um did Matt switch your theory or stick it with herd?
1: Nope, I'm sticking with herd. I agree with Jim. You go herd to Ackenhausen, and then I think you go Friday or third or Saturday. You go Skeens to Gidry, and then you know the last one you go Ty Floyd, and then you know whoever you trust most, brother Javen Coleman, maybe Griffin Herring, somebody like and, that.
0: All right, that brings us into the next what topic. All right, all right, let's go ahead. Huh? What if?
2: What if? P is kicking back and off Matt. What if, just big if now, if we do start Floyd against the uh, game one, run him out there for four innings, we get a six run lead or so, and he's about 40 40 to 50 pitches, pull him out, bring in Hurd for the last three innings, 10 run them, and then you're set up
4: to come back on Sunday.
0: Well, I got a couple questions with that. Like, One is I don't know if is a 10 run rule in effect. No, that's,
4: that's an SEC, rule. okay? That's what I figured. Oh, so,
0: yeah, well, I, mean, I just blew that up. I just, I just, <laughs> Jay is just still yeah, Jay, Jay's still cautious with these guys. Look, the goal is look,
4: hey, and, and let's be honest, Chris, but to, to just blow Steven's whole thing up, man, look, I, I'm not playing around at all. I was there for obviously the Mississippi no. State uh, game three. Uh, no no lead I'm playing with. The nine runs I watched, it disappeared. I'm putting my foot on teams' throats, and I'm rolling the hell out. You got to. I,
0: no, I hear you. All right. Um, let's, let's move into real quick. So let's look at um, – no disrespect to Tulane. We're just going to push them aside for a second. Let's focus on Sam Houston and Oregon State. And I know it's early. The brackets just got released. Y'all probably haven't had a ton of time to dig in, but I want to get to this and then kind of wrap up on some of the other regionals and maybe get a college World Series eight out of y'all before you head out of here. Is there anything, Alex, we'll start with you again, Sam Houston State or Oregon State, anything that you're very concerned with, something that worries you about these guys or uh, just to kind of let the audience know maybe they had not had a chance to really get into these teams yet or know a ton about them?
1: Well, I can tell you that uh, nothing like where I'm like nervous or scared about anything that the, either any of these teams do, but uh, you know, one important thing to know about Oregon state is this, you know, this isn't your, uh, your dad's Oregon state team, right? This is not the, this is not the team that we played in 2017 and 2018. Um, They are kind of scuffling on the mound a little bit, although they have a better team ERA than LSU does. But I think that speaks more to the, the SEC than it does, you know, versus the Pac-12 than Another. it does the quality of Oregon State's pitching staff. Um, but this is a t- this is an Oregon st- State team that hits more than uh, more than past. They hit 79 home runs that broke their um, program record for for home runs in a season. They've hit a ton of doubles and 119 doubles. I mean their their offense begins and ends with Travis Bazana. Uh, all all conference all Pac-12 mm-hmm. kid, who's a ton he of fun to watch. Old. He's fast, so he will. He's you know, hitting 370, uh, and he's got 36 stolen bases on 39 attempts. So that's that's their key guy, him and Garrett Forrester. They get Travis Bazano on, and then Garrett Forrester brings him home.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no no doubt about that, Stephen. What you got? Sam Houston State, Oregon State. For people that I may not know a lot about them, and I know we're all just kind of digging into them. Uh, yeah. concerns cautions with these two teams
2: yeah man yeah a lot a lot i mean it's just like alex said i mean i, I just the first thing that jumped off the stat page to me it was, tra- it was travis's stats i mean it's just like everything starts begins finishes ends with him i mean it, it, the dude is there dylan cruz slash white in one player i mean he's got 36 stolen bases and side fact the entire team of lsu has 26 so i mean <laughs> The dude, I mean, and then the uh, second guy is uh, I think that's Micah McDowell, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. so he's got 15. So, I mean, right between him and Travis, I mean, shoot, they've got 36 doubles, so I mean, they're they're fast, they're getting on base, and that's the major thing that just jumped off that page to me.
0: Now here, all right, Jim, and then we'll go to Matt. Jim, what if I told you Sam Houston—they got two guys hitting over four hundred. They got one guy that's hitting better than Dylan Cruz. Yeah. They got ninety-eight bags. They're a top ten offense in the country, even though we beat them earlier this year. They—they've kind of turned things around. So, anything with regards to Sam Houston or Oregon State that—that that concerns you, or you should uh, maybe some of the people listening to the pod should be leery about.
4: No, I'm not really concerned with either. Um, I actually went back to look because obviously it was—it's was hard to remember how the Sam Houston game went. Other than I remember we drilled them, and it broke my heart, guys. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this on this guys. Do you know who the two pitchers were in that game for us? Chase Shores and Garrett Edwards. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they threw—they threw five and two thirds and combined one run ball, striking out left and right. Edwards got the win, and it just. Looking back at that, I was like, I, I wish I would have never went back and looked at the same. I was like, cool, man. The, our guys that we lost, but no. Um, I did look. Here was the thing: so they're thirty eight and twenty three. Um, all their law, all their non-con uh, games to the bigger schools. You know, whether it be the Texases of the world. Um, you know. Uh, DBU, they they got worked, and they got worked by us. So when it yeah. seems to when they've played great competition, um, they haven't done it. And then, like I told you earlier, I did all the studying up on Oregon State before I even knew we were going to play them. I'm just, I'm not impressed. I'm not trying to overlook anyone. This is the tournament, but like I said, I think we got dealt favorable. So I'm not scared of either of them, especially with Skeens being on the mound. Um So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so bring it.
0: Awesome. I hear you. Matt. Um, I know you're. Okay, Matt, wrapping up with you on uh, Oregon State, perennial power, won a couple of national championships, really good program. You know, those guys know how to win. They know how to win at a high level. They've they played in a big-time conference. Sam Houston State, um, probably looking for some payback, obviously. And those guys can swing it. Concerns with regards to uh, who LSU may be playing in the regional right here?
3: I mean, you guys have covered pretty much everything with both of these teams. The biggest thing that I want to see from LSU is – Getting in, getting out quick, get it over, be done with it because we do not need to give any team a puncher's chance. No. Any team that gets in a, in a game with us and has a puncher's chance has a puncher's chance with us. So if we can get in and just be quiet about our business and get over with it, that's all I care about. Let's just be done with it.
0: Now, here, I mean, that's and that's the goal, especially with game one, right? I mean, um, I have a good idea and I'll get into it in the preview pod, but you know, they got some hometown kids that'll be going for Tulane you know, some really local Baton Rouge kids. And I think one of them's going to be their pitcher. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, I don't want the LSU fan base to get freaked out if it's 2:30 and the score is nothing, nothing in the fourth, you know, just relax. Yeah. It just, it just takes a little while sometimes. All right, let's, let's move on to the super regional matchup and we're going to put up the uh, Kentucky graphic as LSU is paired with Kentucky and the super regional. I don't like that LSU is paired with another sec team. Kentucky brings a little something to the table. <clears throat> Alex, we'll start with you. One, how do you feel about matching up Kentucky? Two, does Kentucky even make it out of here? I think West Virginia may have a little something to say about it up there in Lexington. Alex, what do you think about that?
1: Kentucky's going to have a fight on their hands for sure. They, Yeah, Kentucky definitely has a fight on their hands. Um, I mean, indiana don't count Indiana out either. That's a pretty good Big Ten team. I know the Big Ten's basically a mid-major in baseball. But, yeah, that's a pretty good team. <laughs> uh and uh so kentucky is definitely gonna have a fight on their hands you know if they do make it out of there and they come down to baton rouge i mean we beat kentucky two out of three once we can do it again uh i mean certainly that's that's a team that you know we're familiar with and i mean i don't know if you remember but that series got kind of got pretty chippy uh so yeah. I, I think uh you know some that, of the
4: guys are with uh is that is that the, uh is that the bear jones series
0: What's that? I don't know, but uh, I think I that's the
4: bear, I think that's where Bear Thrones. Yeah. Let them, right. let, let them know. Let yes, them know. yeah,
0: yeah. I, Alex. Now you mentioned it. I think not. You mentioned. It, I forgot. I don't think they even shook hands at the end of the series. They didn't no, shake they didn't. hands. So that's uh, wow. I forgot about that. That's if just, you want to.
4: A, a, a guy who was very unhappy with that performance, he he, he said it out loud. He said it to me. Uh, Schemes was very unhappy. Remember, that was actually – low-key, that was his worst performance. Most people actually forget that. Um, He gave up five runs that game. Schemes, yeah. talk about a guy who's going to be ready to go back against Kentucky if that happens.
0: Yeah, What uh, Matt, and Steve, Matt, we'll go with you. What do you think about being matched up in that Lexington Regional? Do you think Kentucky is inside of it? Is that a good – do you feel – I don't like it because they've already seen Schemes right? And they had to success against them and they bring something different to the table, right? They like to run, they like to bunt. They're just a different animal. You know, Matt, what do you think about LSU getting paired up with the Lexington Regional?
3: I thought there was an opportunity for LSU to be paired up with any SEC regional. Cause I, I really think that they were going to, while they gave everybody, you know, eight of them host sites, I really thought they were going to try and thin that herd pretty quick going into the Carlsville series. And, And they obviously, you know, believe that that's the case. They, Probably think Kentucky might get clipped earlier before that, which is why they maybe matched us up with that. I don't know. I like seeing that regional – that super regional matchup because we haven't hosted in a while, and I think all of us here – I, I want to see the boys back in Omaha, period. So, yeah. you know, as, as easy road as we can get, I'll take it.
4: Um, I, had it I had it pulled up, uh, bringing back. Um, that they, they at home, though, I will say this. Yeah, there is – They're uh they're twenty five and six at home on the year, Chris. They love being at home.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they're definitely made for the turf, right? They're kind of like Vanderbilt a little bit, right? They uh, speed that ballpark's huge. They don't hit their home runs like it's under like fifty, I think, if I had to guess. But Stephen, what do you think about being matched up with the Lexington Regional? You know, um, just their different brand of baseball. Look, I don't think their arms are any good at all, really. Their arms aren't really overpowering for the most part. What do you think about that, Stephen? If if you could project. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, i like it. I mean, I'd rather them is uh, facing them instead of uh, facing someone like uh, Bama or someone like an Auburn. But uh, the thing, like you said, is like facing schemes the second time. I mean, we just saw what Arkansas did is facing them the second time. They had a very, very good game plan. And uh, so it, it seemed like it worked. But so I think um, it's, a, it's not like our chances here. I mean, I just – Kentucky. I mean, I hopefully by then our uh, bats would be done firing on all cylinders after this weekend, and we can go into the super and just keep rolling. Because I mean, man, it's, it's just like everybody said. If we had had, had dreamt up of a uh, of a pathway with no potholes or yeah. the or the fewest that you can imagine, is this would be it. I mean, it just doesn't get yep. much easier than this. I mean, and and then it's not as definite that that that. They even make it out of there, so. Yeah, no doubt. Uh,
0: a- yeah, I think I think uh, I know West Virginia's a good team. Like I haven't dug into them at all, but I know they caused some havoc in the Big Twelve, and they got a couple of really good players. They've we're lost gonna- the
4: last five, Chris, just to be Have clear. They-
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's um, I don't know anything about them besides that. I just know they're a little bit better than I thought they were. We're gonna bring up this comment, and then we're gonna move on to y'all's take on the regionals as a whole. But Mike says, "Is the box not exciting to watch an LSU game anymore?" Hear a lot of people saying it's just isn't the same anymore. Why? Please explain. Look, I played in the old box. I was very lucky. Um Look, the new box is definitely nicer. I just think it's a more, in my opinion, it's a more sterile environment. It's a more cookie cutter experience. The fans aren't as close. I think some of the fans that uh, were at the old box are older now, right? So they're in their 60s and their 70s, and it's just a, a different environment. They got to do some things to bring the students back in, maybe figure out a way to make the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it, it can get a little sterile environment, sterile. We've all been to the games. We'll go around the horn really quickly because I want to get y'all's take on the regionals as a whole. But Jim, what do you think about Mike's uh, environment question right there?
4: I mean, I mean, I can speak to this because of going to all of them. I mean, it's it's up there, and you know, to use a use a non biased LSU person, right? Randy was with us there for that Tennessee, um, you know, game, and and so he got to see it at its best, and he said it was absolutely electric, better than he ever expected. Um, when the box is rocking, um, it's definitely not overrated in even the slightest, and so. Um, when you look at how everybody's jumped aboard, like I said, I talked about how they were in Hoover. I think I think Alex Box is gonna set records. I think it's gonna be absolutely electric. You, obviously maybe that two o'clock hot game to start with with two lane may not be your biggest one. Um, but no, I don't think that the the box is still top five in in my opinion. Um it's obviously, you know, it's not a it's not a duty noble, it's um it's not a bomb walker, but it's still up there. You're right.
0: Yeah, Stephen, what do you think? I mean, uh, obviously, you know Baton Rouge guy, born and bred. do you uh,
2: the the Friday nights that I've been to when Ski it was when Skeens is there, when we had Mississippi State in town, when we had Tennessee in town, we had all the big teams there. It was rocking, and it was standing room only. And you go to the bathroom in the third inning, and you got five, six, seven, eight rows of <laughs> deep of people just standing around. Man. It's still there. Don't don't fall victim to the uh, casual. Well, it's not what it used to be, brother Mike. Come down Saturday night to our Stadium, Alex Box. It's going to be electric. Trust me,
0: Alex. I'll get your take on this, and then we'll. Uh- We'll get into the uh, the regional take, but I was there, you know. I was there with you, standing next to you, and actually, everybody on this podcast. I think Stephen was the only one uh, had the nice seats for the uh, Arkansas-Tennessee series. Everybody else standing up, but we saw that we saw it get electric and Skeens just throwing Friday night. What do you think about atmosphere at the box?
1: I mean, it's it's a ton of fun. It's loud. It may not be quite as uh, as hostile. I, I don't know. Maybe as the old box was. You know, like you said, the fans are not quite as top of you. They're not. Maybe they're not. Uh, you know kind of heckling as much uh as maybe they did in the old box uh and you know i think some of the uh the security people there just kind of need to chill out especially around the student section like let let the students be students it's okay you don't need to throw someone out because they said a cuss word like just chill but uh yeah i think that's the only real difference other than that i mean it's loud and it's you know a ton of fun
4: alex would you say it's because we don't have whether it's calling hogs or you know texas a and saying like we don't have any like cult-like chants that we do that like take over the stadium is maybe why people don't over, record over us over LA. LA. yeah
1: i mean maybe i don't know i guess you know we don't have like the, the the beer showers or you know whatever anything like that but you know we don't need that stuff we just we just scream and holler
0: all right, let's move on as uh, we're getting ready to butt up against the hour-time limit. And uh, told y'all I told you all I want to respect these guys' time on this Memorial Day night. All right, we're going to put up the graphic, and this is going to go kind of quick. I know we, we could all probably sit down here for another hour and break down different regionals and our thoughts. But let's, let me get you all's takes on the regionals, and maybe one or two that stood out. that there's a specific regional of death, uh, you know, like the World Cup, they always call you like the, uh, the pod of death there's a regional of death and then maybe like a one or two upsets, a two or three seed that may be coming out of a regional that y'all could see. Uh, Jim, you know, if you want to start, start that off. And uh, maybe maybe yeah, give me your take on that, on the regionals as a whole. Maybe, uh, you know, who's got the hardest one you think?
4: Okay. Well, uh, just on the regionals as a whole, let, let me get, get off my uh, soapbox real quick and just say, you know, I don't agree with having eight SEC teams. I thought, um, you know, Campbell, uh, ECU, Southern Miss DBU, any of those teams could have been a host, but I'm gonna that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm you, you can hear my You can hear my show, I ran about it, I, I don't agree with it, but um, for me, uh, there's two of them, uh, that are the region of death, in my opinion. I think, uh, it's Oklahoma State, um, and Stillwater or Roberts. You got a 46 and 11 team, you got a DBU team who got, I believe, absolutely hosed, right? Um, And then, and and Oral Roberts is your four, and then you got Washington in there. So I feel like that one is a huge one. I don't actually have Oklahoma State coming out of there, just to just to be clear on that one. And then, um, I think, uh, you talked about this one Clemson, right? The lips, the Lipscomb Lipscomb and Tennessee draw. Um, you know, I don't want to get too deep in that one, but uh, I, you know, I, I got, you know, what's called what it is. I'm gonna say it. I mean, I got Tennessee taking that region.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of home runs. If, if y'all have never seen Clemson's ballpark, and I've watched a lot of highlights of them, their ballpark is an absolute joke. It's 310 to left, 390 to center. That thing is going to be a – pitchers beware, boy. Pitchers – it is not going to be a friendly confines up there this weekend. With Charlotte's got the nation's leader in home run. I think that dude's got 30 now. Lipscomb – I think they beat Vanderbilt in the midweek. I wouldn't be surprised if Lipscomb beats Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Alex – let me get your take on uh, any regionals of death out there, and any any upsets. You know, anybody a two or three seed you could see coming out of any one of these regionals.
1: Yeah, I think the the Miami regional is going to be really interesting, a lot of fun to watch. You know, you got uh, uh, Louisiana Lafayette and, uh, and Texas in there um, against really you know an up and down Miami team. Yeah, um, you know Texas has been up and down too, but the uh, you know the Cajuns have a, have a really solid team um i wouldn't be surprised if texas came out of that regional uh just mostly because miami fans don't show up and it's a you know th- so <laughs> you're, you're not uh you're not afraid of going into that ballpark uh and texas is a you know they're they're a good team um so i, w- I would look for texas coming out of there and then i agree at the oregon states the other regional of death yeah yeah but not Steve- no,
0: oklahoma state sorry not oregon state, oklahoma state yeah yeah <clears throat> steven what you got in terms of uh toughest regionals and maybe it maybe be a shocker what about campbell
4: Campbell, maybe, man, a, maybe yeah,
0: pissed it, a little chip on the shoulder exactly. as our to guy me, BP a, says in the chat BP but, that's yeah. not a,
4: but that's not an upset to me that that's the thing that's why i didn't pick i don't that. think it would be
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean what it, you got steve and then i'll come to matt
4: just off is, is, is campbell i mean and
2: they're they're right there in their backyard they're not they're not too too far and you're and you know they're going to go there with a huge chip on the shoulder Zaluk Farman is just to walk through there
4: and, uh, and who, who are they paired up with? Is that uh, South Carolina? Florida? Who's back up? Steven, let me ask you a question. Um, You know, 15 of the 16 top RPI teams made it. Campbell being the only one. I mean, if you hear that stat and you're Campbell, right. like, I mean, how pissed off are you for real? A lot, a lot,
2: big time. I mean, I thought Zaluk is just to walk through there fairly easy. I mean, it's, they're damn, they're a damn good team,
0: Matt. What you got? Go ahead, Stephen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead.
2: Then we got two up in there: Coastal and Dukes playing. Uh, yeah,
0: Coastal and Duke. I think that regionals what and what, and UNC Wilmington yeah, is no joke. Yeah. They're not scared of any of those teams. I think that they're all right. like, throw them in a bag and pick somebody out. ZCU's were real good
2: too. So I mean that that whole big pot of uh, eight there is going to be. Uh, so, I don't think a, a, a one seed comes out of that pod of uh, eight teams.
4: So I, so, I definitely think we're going to have a two seed out of there. Uh, to Just, Chris, so I can let the boys go the rest of the way because I didn't get to pick like an upset one. I do have only one three advancing, and I have North Carolina taking Indiana State. And that's not even because of Indiana State. North Carolina is starting to play the brand of ball that I expected them to from the start of the season. And I don't know how Iowa managed to be a two in that region. So like yeah, so, so somehow Iowa, you got them as a the two, and then you got Indiana State, who's beatable. I feel like UNC for a three got an amazing draw, and I, I feel like that's going to be the, the only three I got as an upset taking their their uh, regional. The, the
1: issue for UNC is going to be that Vance Honeycutt is one not one. available this weekend. Really,
0: yes.
4: he's he's out. Bra-
1: yeah. Is that breaking? Emo, Alex, did out. you just drop? Did you just drop? <laughs> no, no, that's 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 out. That's out on Twitter. Well, oh, he is a He's dude, Matt. Mitchell.
0: Matt, I haven't got your take. Give me what you think, and then uh, I don't know. What about Fullerton, Matt? Have you looked at that Stanford regional with the Aggies and Fullerton? Uh, Could we see old school Fullerton come back?
3: Well, I was going to say the one, the one uh, regional west of Omaha. Um <laughs> yeah, got, right. you know, has got has got a in it. You know, <laughs> arguably one of the hottest teams in the country now. You know, they they don't take care of business in the SEC championship, but. A team's hot, just like last year. They kind of they're pesky. You know, it's not a team I'd want to play, especially in a regional. Um, and now they got to travel and go west. I mean, they're going to be upset about it. I don't know if Cal State's there. I don't know if they'll ever be back. Uh, it, the West Coast is really struggling. The one, the one regional though that I think a, a team could come out of is Tennessee for the exact reason you talked about: the field being small. Tennessee's probably got the best pitching staff in that regional. If they can keep the ball in and <laughs> play and keep it in the stadium, they have a good chance of going out of there. Especially with a team like Clemson, who's been hotter than hot.
4: Matt, let's call it what it is. If Tennessee's pitching staff finds themselves for best who they are, the they're country. still the, they're still the best in the country. Yeah, that's what that's yeah, what I'm saying. When you still got, when you got when you got, got Lindsey Dolander, uh, Beam and Burns. I mean, what are we talking about?
0: Yeah, it's um, and I almost forgot. I got to give a shout out uh, to my guy Britt Yunt. He was a very good friend of ours, friend of the family, friend of my son's. He plays at George Mason. I told him I would give a shout-out. Shout-out to George Mason. as They came back and beat Dayton in the loser's bracket, then came back and beat St. Louis two times to win the ATN tournament. And, yes, welcome to your NTA regionals. They get to play Wake uh, in that regional. <laughs> <Congratulations>. <laughs> but I got a shout-out shout, shout out to George Mason and Britt. Uh, good luck to you guys. And how about really quick, and we're going to end on this one real quick, the Maryland. One of the best offenses in the country going up against potentially the I mean the, the best pitching staff. But Maryland, that that would be interesting. You know, Maryland, Jim, I know you got a lot of connections to that, but uh, look, look think- the the, the yeah. whole
4: the whole curse doesn't happen in the regionals. It's this it's just the supers where you gotta worry about the one C <laughs> coming down. So with that being said, I think they absolutely rip through here. I'm gonna tell you something. Because we talk about these relationships. Brock Wilkins got a chip on his shoulder. This dude had numbers that would have made him possibly ACC player of the year. Somehow he ended up second team all ACC. Um, and so you you got that. The, these pitchers, we talked about how great they are. Nicky Nukes is, is on fire. Your boy Tommy Hawk. I'm going to call you out on this podcast. You hating on Tommy <laughs> Hawk. Tommy Hawk is absolutely killing it. Dude, Wake yeah. is legit. The only way they lose is for real this curse. They remind me way too much of the way Tennessee was last year just seemed like they were unbeatable, and then they were beatable.
0: Alex, you worried about – go ahead. Y'all worried about Wake and Maryland over there? Wake and Alabama possibly? You know, Alabama's got some pitching.
4: get one from
1: Wake. You think so, Jim? I mean, Alabama's got some pitching there in the Super Regionals, but, I mean, Northeastern has a really good pitching staff too. They're one of the best pitching
4: staffs in the country. Well, let me ask you guys on the Bama thing, because we didn't really talk about it. How excited would y'all be if Nichols took that region? That would be awesome.
0: Dude, Bama's rolling through that region. Uh-oh. No, but yeah. I just,
4: I like, I, 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 I got <laughs> them picked, but I still just, my heart wants Nichols to take that region and just blow the whole thing up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I got That's
3: you. a regional you can't bet on. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: That's funny. So, uh. All right, we're going to wrap it right here, right here, a little bit over an hour. Look, I want to thank all of my guests. I want to respect their time and uh, let them enjoy the rest of their Memorial Day weekend. Look, I truly appreciate them. Make sure you check out Alex and his crew on the Weekend Rotation Podcast. Jim's got his own podcast with DB and Jeezy in off the bench. Matt's part of the Spitting 2-4 Seeds 7 account and obviously Stephen Miller. Mr. LSU, all things LSU, tweeting about everything. He's finding all kinds of stuff. So. Chris, let me ahead, ask buddy. you. I'm
4: gonna ask the panel real quick because we because we're wrapping up season seven. We got Cade Cueller coming on from Campbell. I'm gonna ask the panel, does Cade sound off? Or does he keep it cool and just keep it about his story? Or does he sound off about Campbell getting screwed? I wanna know everybody everybody's opinion right here. I think oh, he's, he's just silent, about it. Silent.
0: What you say, Alex? Alex, what'd you say? I said,
1: I hope he sounds off about it. I hope he gets mad yep. about it on the podcast. That's, that, that's good content right there.
3: Exactly. Yes,
0: I'm I'm going with you, man. I'm saying, look, he's going to keep it low key on the pod because he doesn't want to uh, play. <laughs> look, you interviewed you interviewed Ethan Petrie. You don't think Petry's going to catch wind of that if he hears him on your podcast?
4: Bro, bro, the <laughs> the, the, the Petry story was so funny because he wasn't signing autographs for anybody. He straight walked by, and then he stopped and he turned around and he messaged me and he said, because. He knew it was me because what other LSU fan would be standing there waiting to talk to him? So, <laughs> right because
0: I was the only one in purple. Everybody else was wearing red. I don't know. I don't know. We, uh, all I know is Georgia lost their coats or Charlie Condon, Come on down, brother. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, look. Thank you guys a ton. I appreciate it. Uh, for those that are viewing this on the YouTube channel, catch the video later. I'm going to tag all these guys. Make sure to check out. These are some of the most knowledgeable college baseball fans and uh content creators in the country bar none not just on lsu in the country but guys i appreciate it and uh hopefully we'll get a chance to maybe do this uh, a little bit later maybe when it comes time for omaha hopefully so thank y'all very much i appreciate it
4: absolutely later. all right
0: so until then yep. until then everybody y'all stay safe and as always go tigers,
1: go tigers.